0: Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening are Adam White and Samuel Rook. The beast from the east might be slowing down football here, but it's still motoring on in France as the Coupe de France reached its latter stages. But who have made the semi-finals? All that and a look at the Ligue 1 weekend ahead after the midweek headlines. Paris Saint-Germain won their second Le Classique in a week as an Angel Di Maria double, helped them to another 3-0 win over their bitter rivals Marseille. However, Kylian Mbappé was brought off around half-time with an injury and could face a race to be fit for the Champions League clash with Real Madrid, with Neymar already ruled out of that fixture and possibly for the rest of the season with a broken metatarsal. Two national sides have made the Coupe de France semi-finals with them as Les Herbiers won 4-2 on penalties with Lens after a 0-0 draw in extra time. And Chambly won 1-0 over Ligue 1 side Strasbourg. Elation was soon met with sadness for Chambly, however, as co-founder Walter Luzzi passed away minutes after the final whistle. In the other quarterfinal, i have overseen Lyon this evening, 1-0, thanks to Ishmael Diamonde. They will be facing Paris Saint-Germain and we will have a third-tier side in the Coupe de France final with both the smaller sides facing each other. What a great advert for a wonderful competition. And that's all for now, but for all your latest in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We'll start this week with those Coupe de France results, and in particular, Adam, that one, an extra Le Classique we were gifted um, this week. But much like the other fixture, it, it... it never really seemed out of Paris Saint-Germain's grip again. It was a, a game where, again, Marseille didn't really rise to an occasion, which they maybe could have caught them cold with that Neymar news um, still ringing in their ears.
1: Yeah, um, I was hoping for in one of these two games for Marseille to to give to give PSG something to think about, and I, I think that that sort of lasted for the first ten minutes of the first game. Um, when I felt like they had, they looked like they had some sort of game plan, but they, you know, they, they pressed up pretty high, and but they left so much space in behind that that it was exploited at, at the weekend. This is, um, and when the first goal went in, it was kind of never in doubt. And the same was the case yesterday. Um, I, I think it was a really interesting PSG performance yesterday because obviously knowing that they, you know, name before the game the club announced that they were going to uh, operate on Neymar, they're going to send them to Brazil to be operated on. Um, And it really felt like that a number of the players were playing obviously for their place in the team, because I know that Dimir is obviously first choice to replace him, but Julian Jackson played really well. Marco Verratti had had a much more influential game than he's had for a long time. Um, When Pastore came on, he was brilliant in spells, some fantastic bits of skill that we haven't really seen from him either. And it really felt like there was a, a sense of kind of release in the team. And it was the best team performance, I think, perhaps all season, like, the way that they, you know, against a quality of position, the way that they played, with the, the cohesion, the fluidity that they've looked for so much with Neymar and Mbappe, which are, are two amazing players, of course, but they do lend a, sense, lend a sense of individualism to the side. And the third goal in particular really summed up that, you know, that this, this team did beat Barcelona 4-0 at home last year in the first leg. Obviously, the, sixth, the second leg is, is a big caveat and did play really well in spells, in spells last season. Um. Obviously, you know they're ambushed for Monaco, and there are a lot of carrots at too. But they they can play really well as a team, and I was I was impressed with with, with the display last night. And I don't think I've really been in, impressed with Piersy's display as such for 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 you know a very limited number of seasons. It'll be interesting to see that kind of change in in kind of attitude. There was there was so much more exuberance and so much more sort of there's a sense of release I felt like that that, that without Neymar they, they could fill the space, very big space left by him. So that was really interesting. But as as I'm sure we're gonna talk the, the, the injuries are still obviously very, very, very troublesome. But I think there's there's some hope for 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 PSG, and it was a really good performance last night. So I enjoyed watching them play, which, I, you know, obviously it's it's great to watch PSG play, but sometimes they can be a bit sort of frustrating with the sort of individual individual kind of rhetoric, perhaps if you want to call it that, that, that they've had this season. But interesting, and be really interesting to see what happens next week.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It was more of a team performance. Maybe not one we've seen since. Um, the, it would have been sometime last year when, when Neymar was was missing and, the, and they played a little bit more cohesively. And mm. that's the interesting one, really, Sam, heading towards that Champions League game that's f- fast approaching now. It's just under a week away until uh, they'll face Real Madrid at the uh, Parc de Prance now. Um, obviously, without Neymar, who is heading to Brazil for surgery, and the Brazil doctor is saying he could miss up to three months, which... Sounds like it uh, will shut him down for the World Cup, To more to me than anything else now for, for the national side. I think they're hoping that they can come some, to some sort of agreement with PSG that they don't uh, rush him back unless obviously something happens in the in the Champions League as well. But with also Mbappe, he looks like he might be fit anyway. It might be sort of a, just a precaution really that he, he picked up a knock, but it's no guarantee he might miss the game at the weekend, it looks like as well. So, They're starting to mount up, but do you think Paris Saint-Germain still have enough to deal with the Real Madrid side that this midweek, obviously lost to Espanyol late, they're still not a perfect side and they're still something to swing at?
2: Yeah, I mean, it would be somewhat ironic if PSG were to knock out Real Madrid without the two guys they spent all that money on in the summer. If the team essentially of last season was able to sort of pull together and knock out what is still a flawed Real Madrid side, particularly in the Champions League. We've not seen them anywhere near the sort of imperious, you know, the two-time reigning European champions that they are. They haven't looked anything like that in the Champions League this season. Beaten by Tottenham. They beat Dortmund, but Dortmund had their own problems. Uh, Even in the first leg against PSG, not great, good enough to win 3-1, but that's kind of taking chances rather than really dominating the game. PSG easily could have won that game with a bit more luck. So certainly it's a team that's there to be beaten. Losing Neymar obviously is a big blow, but there's still a huge amount of depth for PSG to reach down to. Losing Mbappe would again be a big blow, but even so, I mean, the attacking riches that PSG have, have at their disposal, they can certainly still beat this Real Madrid team. Less talented sides than PSG have done that to Real Madrid this season, as as we say. Obviously, you won't surprise Real Madrid in a Champions League away knockout second-leg tie, but they're certainly beatable, and this PSG team are good enough to beat them.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, Neymar was seen as that sort of X factor, wasn't he, when he was brought in, that there's someone that can maybe bring a little bit extra of that sort of special uh, world-class dust that um, some of these players can produce on, on a on a nightly basis when they, when they feel like it. And we've seen some performances from Neymar that have been absolutely terrific. But um, one man we haven't seen a load of, at least anyway, not as many as we've seen previously, is maybe someone like Mbappe in this kind of mould where he might, I think he'll probably make it back for the Real Madrid game, which is a, a big chance for him to to take some of the limelight as well as Paris Saint-Germain. He's not really been um, talked about as much with with Brazilian there, and he's not quite had that sort of glittering performance yet either. And this could be a real chance for him to, to take some of the limelight, especially with uh, Neymar looking like he's going to miss the rest of the season as well. It's a real good chance for him. But let's very quickly Adam talk about the rest of the Coupe de France which has gone a little bit mental really we obviously had Les Herbiers uh, Le playing long so one lower league side was always going to make um, the semi-finals but it happened to be the national side who take on another one with in who've been terrific in this tournament and they eliminated a side we thought uh, might even have a chance to get into the final in Strasbourg and that's mm. a great result for them and a, and a great semi-final and then even tonight as well there's another one where Con, where who've had an up and down season really in a sense they've not always been excellent but they've had a couple of really good games and they're a solid side and they uh, put a Leon side that are completely out of funk at the moment especially when playing in France um, to the sword so three interesting semi-finalists do any of them have any kind of chance of winning it? And
1: <laughs> I don't think so unfortunately but I think it is a victory for the coup de France in general I think PSG you know Leon. yes they could beat PSG and if they're drawn at home you know that's a very difficult game for PSG but I still think that obviously, obviously PSU are favourites. But uh, overall, I think it still works out for the competition in general, given that you've got two third division sides. And, and it's not not that well known that the, the third division is entirely, you know, full time. There are some sort of it's effectively a semi-parameter divisions. So for those, those sides from the third division to make the semis is, is unbelievable on its own. But then for them to play each other is, is brilliant, because it means, obviously, as you said, at the beginning, one of them will get to the final and this is that's the kind of thing that happens in this competition all the time and and if you look down the list of finals you know even two years ago Auxerre from the second division were in the final in 2012 qualevi from the from the third tier of our league Death side lost to leon narrowly one nil if you go even further back chatero who were in league at the time in 2004 made the final it, calais made made the final in 2000 in, in 2000 and lost to Nantes 2-1 they're in the fourth division so this kind of thing happens quite a lot that might i might have mentioned it on the before but my favorite example of this is the uh, is Excelsior from the Union Island because obviously the the um, the the Coup de France includes all the French colonies and, and their teams in the earlier rounds and they made it as far to when the league Unside ca- came in and they played Lille uh, at Lille which was which was brilliant and that kind of thing kind of happens on on a on a you know a yearly basis there are seven thousand teams enter or even more than that seven or eight thousand teams enter the tournament every year and this just underlines one that it's what a great tournament is and two the strength and depth that France. France has in, in its in its lower divisions, even though perhaps some of them aren't fully professional. But unfortunately, I think PSG will will um, will will you know come to beat Conor and quite comfortably in the final. But hope you know there's that glimmer of hope, isn't there, being a cup competition that they could slip up in the final. You know, we just hope they don't go and they don't go and beat Les Herbiers or Chambly eight or nine, which you know which is possible. But there's still that glimmer of hope, isn't there? And and that's what cup in general is about. And the Coupe de France um, for me is is possibly the best cup competition in the world. So. Um, it's great to see and and a good advert for the the tournament,
0: yeah, but they they crossing their fingers for, for next uh, next midweek that they get past Real Madrid, stay in the Champions League. Maybe make <laughs> that a little bit of a distraction for them for <laughs> ready for the final. Let's have them focus maybe a little bit too much on that and maybe maybe they can sneak one. That would be some great stuff to see really. It's great to see two League well national sides get there. And and it's such a shame really for Chambly and and their uh, their co-founder Walter Luzzi is obviously one of the biggest moments in 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 their history and it is its, it's very sad news to hear that he uh, he passed away just after the final whistle as well. Hopefully, he's uh, he's watching down on them and, and uh, cheering them on to hopefully a, a Coupe de France final, which would be absolutely outstanding for them. Um, back on to Ligue 1 matters, at least, anyway. And the, the weekend ahead, it's another one that's full of intrigue with the, the messings at the bottom and the, and the weird battle still going on different places in the league. And we'll start with Friday night's game between Monaco and Bordeaux. Because, uh, Sam, on last weekend, Monaco have been in a great bit of form. They've come up against the Toulouse side that have not been the greatest scorers really this season, but they somehow pulled out a 3-3 draw after being 3-1 down as well. And and Monaco, again, it was a great opportunity for them as well with with Lyon facing Saint-Étienne and and Marseille facing Paris Saint-Germain. And with hindsight, it was a great chance to pull away. But they will feel they'll need to get back on the horse with those facing more, uh, let's say, easier opposition or maybe at least less threatening opposition in terms of um, Santetti and not necessarily being in the greatest of form. But it's an important week for for Monaco to, to get back on the horse.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they got lucky in that their rivals, as you mentioned, didn't take advantage of what has to be considered two points drops. I mean, you leading a team that are struggling as badly as Toulouse are generally 3-1 3-1 with not a lot of time to go and to have Yaya Sonogo of all people score the equalizer for Toulouse, that's that's not good. It's really not good for Monaco. And yes, they really do need to sort of get back get back on the horse, beat this Bordeaux side who, you know, they're, they're, they're doing quite well. They're in good form. But Monaco, Toulouse's side are in very good form themselves. So there should be no fear for them coming into this game. And the expectation has to be that they will get back to winning ways.
0: Yeah, and a bit of a funny one, really. That game was it. I, I just, I still can't quite believe the the Sonogo penalty that he won. It didn't really make much sense at the time. It just still doesn't. And they, they, it's just. I think they will still look back at that, thinking that um, in a Rome derby, it was always going to be feisty. There's a chance that Leon would drop points. Marseille, obviously facing Paris Saint Germain, there was always a chance. And and facing a Toulouse side that are still not quite really out of the mire yet. They're still well within that sort of dogfight at the bottom of the table. Um, they maybe should have. Done a little bit better in that one, but they they face uh, Adam a, a Bordeaux side that uh, are in better form. They won four of the last six, but the last two games have been that defeat to Marseille, one nil. It wasn't the greatest of games for them, but then they've sort of followed that up with another sort of tepid kind of game against uh, a Nice side where they they were probably the better side, but they just couldn't really finish them off. It's it was sort of a tale of two clubs that have both sort of mediated this season, but at the same time, this is. A, a difficult game for them, but a chance for them to to try and uh, f- put their own fight for uh, for Europa League place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think first of all the, the game with Nice last last weekend. Um, I, I agree they were, they were the better side, and they hit. I think they hit the woodwork four times in that game, and we're, we're, we're actually thought I thought played pretty well um, against the Nice side, who obviously been a bit up and down of late after a sort of a re- revival before Christmas. But I, I think you can really see that pot Player is having having an effect. Um, whether that's going to last is is obviously a, a very big question. But they are in good form and, and this Europa League fight is is a huge bonus given how their season went. You know, we were scared they could get relegated at one point. Um, and obviously this was their target at the start of the year is to get back into Europe, even because they completely, completely made a shambles of it, obviously losing to Videoton in the first round of the 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 qualifiers for the Europa League this season. Um. After all that hard work to get into the into Europa League to, to mess it up so so extravagantly was was a huge huge disappointment and perhaps they didn't really recover from that. Um. But to be you know three points off fifth, which is where they are now. Obviously, there's there's only what five points between Zanetti in twelfth and Montpellier in fifth, so it's extremely close and they're in eighth Bordeaux on thirty six points. But um. Yeah, a, a win here would be a huge boost to their to their chances and um you know, I I think it's a really, so it's almost like it's sort of playing out for them. It's weird because Poirot's come in and he's added that extra sort of new manager bounce and it's such a close fight and that nobody in that group can really put some form together. And given that we expect PSG to win the coup de France, sixth will be a Europa League place two, which means that Bordeaux have got an ample opportunity to, to make Europe again, which if you said that before Christmas or when, when just before Gorfinet it was set, you would have, you know, it would have sounded ridiculous. So. It's a season that they've managed to rescue, and um, anything here would be would be huge because the teams around them probably aren't getting too many points from Monaco. So, um, yeah, if they get something this game, a huge bonus and keeps them very much in that fight.
0: Yeah, and it's a it's a strange thing to think that how they've risen up the table, but also now that sixth spot seems like it probably is more open than it was uh, before this evening, at least. Anyway, that teams even down to Santetti anymore on 34 points. They're only five points off, a, off of sixth place at the moment. They might still be uh, looking up as much as they might be just about f- forgetting about uh, looking down at least anyway. But an interesting game on on Friday. Let's get some predictions. Um, I'll start with you, Adam.
1: I'm going to say 2-1 Monaco.
0: Sam? Uh, there's
2: no, Mo- no Malcolm for Bordeaux, so I'm definitely going to say Monaco. I'll go 2-0.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling that, that Bordeaux have maybe in that, in that run sort of bounced a little bit and then sort of shown their true colours in the last couple of weeks. I, I think this will be about a 3-0 win for Monaco. But that that result last week seems a little bit of an anomaly and I don't think it ends up that way, had they uh, not given that very, very strange uh, penalty decision. But uh, on to an interesting game on Saturday at least and off the back of a, a really, really important win, for Angers last weekend against Lille where they they were ahead. It looked like the points were going to be shared very late on with Nicolas Pepe returning against these old-sider equalising, but Kaltoko Ikambe stealing that result really at the end. This is... uh, Adam, does this feel like a game for them that... Against the gangon side that are sort of stuck in the middle of the table, they maybe still might chase that sort of six spot. They're not enormously far off but that, but might not necessarily be concerned about that as much as, as some of the other big teams around there. Um, is this a chance for them to finally start trying to put a run together and, and start matching the quality that they do have when they play at their best?
1: Yeah, I think it has to be. I think this is the type of game that Ongel would be targeting. A home game against Gangon, who, with, what, 11 games to go, are probably the most mid-table of all the sides Obviously, it's very close across the table in various areas, but if it, I, I'd say that the, although there are only four points off a Europa League place, their expectations aren't really to challenge for it, and they're definitely not going to get relegated. So this is the type of game where, you know, it's a little bit of a breath on derby, you know, it'll be it'll be a good atmosphere at Angers with their new stand opening recently at the far end. Um, so I, it's, a, it's a huge opportunity for them to, to get a few points and and, you know, Extend the gap over over Leo, who are only a point behind. It's very close at the bottom too. So I think they'll definitely be targeting targeting this game. A couple of things that jump out to me about it is 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 one Roman Tamar um, has been left out in the last two games with with um, with Pavlović starting ahead of him. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the rest of the season because obviously he's one of the for me one of the best on form anyway. He's up there in terms of best defenders in something of like top ten, top twenty in the league. Um, and, and it'd be interesting to see whether Mulan decides to, if he's just resting him, he's done that with Mangani at times and with Ishmael Torre, just giving him a few games off because he's played so much football over the last few years. And especially this season too, That none of those players have really dropped. So it'd be interesting to see whether he's decided he's out of form or whether he's just giving him a few games off to, to you know let him recuperate a little bit. Um, and also Carl toko I think that although he's had a brilliant season and they've moved him up front, uh, mainly since Christmas, it's whether he can maintain the goal rate for the rest of the year that will help them sort of overcome that that thing we talked about so often on the part about that they play well but don't really get the results they deserve. And against Senecian he missed at least one, maybe two very, very clear cut chances. And if he's not taking those chances, um then they're gonna obviously they're gonna they're gonna struggle because he's the main source of goals. And without sort of with Baptiste Guyane being a huge disappointment, Cavani leaving Real, he's not really a striker, I suppose he is a striker, but he's, technically he's more of a winger. So there's a little bit of a hole there in the team if, if, if Tokyo Kambi isn't being consistent. So a <clears throat> couple of issues for Mulan going to this game and for the rest of the last, the last 10 or 11 games. But hopefully this will be a, a, an opportunity for, take, for them to take three points and go over that 30 mark, which is, which is a milestone, the next milestone for them. So interesting one for them.
0: Yeah, and it was strange to think that Carl Chukwukambi hadn't scored a goal from open play since early December before that brace against uh, Lille, which was pretty crazy to think when he's on 13 goals for them, really. It seems very strange, at least anyway. But they face a Gangomp side, Adam, that sort of maybe flirted with relegation in the first half of the season. They they sort of dipped quite alarmingly um, just before the winter break and then suddenly rose again. They've gone on a strange run after that. There's three defeats, uh, three consecutive draws now after a, a win against uh, Ren in the middle of that. Um, As Adam said, they're sort of the perfect style of mid-table team, but at the same time, for Angers at least, probably the, the ideal opponent in this kind of game. But they can be really, really dangerous on their day. They kept, they've got excellent players in the in attacking areas. Are they going to really trouble on uh, uh, be something that's... It's a strange game, really. Is <laughs> trying to think if, if Gangon will really try and, and go for the jugular here because a win on this one puts them into that race for, for the uh, top six teams.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a team, as you said, that is full of talent and we, we for so long we sort of thought of Gangon as sort of a little team, little stadium, not much expected of them. I think Adam said the same, that their expectations are probably not of being at the top end of the table, but looking at the teams around them looking at the fact that no one outside of the top four has been able to put any kind of a real run together this season there's a place there to push for there are european places available for two of the chasing pack there are what six seven teams we've mentioned all pushing for two european places and there's no reason Gangong can't be one of those they have done better than most away from home they're playing a team who are the second worst team at home in the league this is a game very much the Gangon can, can target to try and win, and they know that Angers are going to be trying to win it as well, which only opens the game up more, allows their sort of footballing players to play, which suits Gangon. Absolutely, they should be targeting this game to win, and why not try and get into mm, yeah, it to
0: Europe? Yeah, because especially when you look at their next sort of five games, really, they have they have, got of, they have three, well, three of the top four in the last five games, which is not ideal, really. But their next runs against Nice... Saint Etienne, Bordeaux, Troyes and Lille. So so two sides near the bottom that they should they should be beating as well as possibly Angers and then three sides in and around those places. It's a great chance for them if they do go on a bit of get a bit of momentum and a bit of form that they they could quite feasibly be uh, chasing at least that sixth spot that still seems pretty wide open really. Um let's get some predictions then. I'll start with you Sam. Um what do you think in this one?
2: Uh, I've got a back gang going to win this one now.
0: Adam I'm going to have one each. Mm, Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Adam. This feels like a one-all draw, which won't disappoint Angers too much. I don't think that will help them. Every point really helps at the moment, although everyone keeps uh, making little wins here and there, and uh, it won't really trouble Gangon. other results go their way. Possibly they might still be in the run, but they, they feel like that they're pretty comfortable at the moment. That that run just before Christmas has is, is really set them up uh, nicely for the rest of the season. And then a clash right at the bottom of the table really between Mets and Toulouse. And Adam, we mentioned them briefly earlier in Toulouse and they did excellently really to come back against uh, Monaco in a, in a way, although... Like I say, possibly fortunately, because of a, um, a bit of an assist from the referee, really, but they did admirably to stay in the game and and work hard for the equalizer late on as well. Um, an important point, they're sort of in that conjuncture of a few teams now that are on this. You could probably go all the way to, well, at least Amien above them, a point above them. Lille are only a point behind them, who are 19th. So this, there's a lot of room, but a win here in, in an important game against the bottom side of the league. Through, Still look like they're pretty much cut adrift. Um, it'd be a massive win, wouldn't it? In in the terms of they can maybe give themselves some breathing space and possibly even pull the likes of Strasbourg and Kong back into this fight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It does it, a win here would be absolutely massive for Given how close that bottom sort of third of the table is, it does feel like there's a little group developing of the bottom six of Mets who still have an outside chance given what Toulouse did under the Praz. There were 10 points adrift, 10 games to pay and stayed up. So there's it is not beyond the realms. Lille, Trois, Toulouse, Angers, and Amiens, and you feel like the bottom three are going to come from those six. Obviously, only two get relegated. The bottom third, the third bottom side goes into the playoff. But yeah, those sides will definitely want to pull Strasbourg and Con into the fight. But I have a feeling that both those two may Strasbourg perhaps not, but Con definitely will have too much to go down, um, or even be in the fight really. So there's there's a hope that Strasbourg could, for those sides below that Strasbourg could get pulled in. But any win for any of these teams, um, is is absolutely massive it? I think it's this getting to the stage of season where they should, some of those teams like Angers, Amiens, Toulouse, those ones are sort of who've perhaps got the potential to to win a few more games. You know, we talked about Angers not being, um, not being, not getting the results they necessarily deserve. Amiens have got to have some, had had some fantastic form early in the season. They've got some good attacking players, you know, good obviously a very important player for them and get him on form like he was at Nantes last week. Fantastic goal to win the game 1-0. Um, you know, they, they, can, they can pick up points. And it, it comes back to like a very simple, a very simple part of football that it's three points a win and one point for a draw. There's no point being conservative at this stage, given how valuable wins are. If you go for wins, you know, you go win once and lose twice, then you've got three points. Whereas drawing every game nil-nil, you've only got three. So the, against, against sides like this Angers game and, and this side, this game for Mets, especially in Toulouse, then go, go for the win because a win would be so important. Um, obviously it's a little bit of a risk, but given simple maths makes you think that there, there should be a, a little bit more gumption for these teams to 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 go for go for the victory. Um in terms of Toulouse, um uh, as a team, they'll have Max Gradle back. I really think he's carried the side this season. He's been I think he's been, although like perhaps not, not necessarily in terms of statistics and goals and assists, but I think he's been their stand-up player. And if they can keep him playing at the level that he has been over the last couple of weeks, especially the last three games, I think he's been really good. Um then they'll have, I think they'll have a little bit too much to size, like more Mets, obviously, to lose, maybe even Lille. Um, so big, big return for them. And um, I hope that they they buck the trend and and, and try and take those three points because they could be massive given how tight it is.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. I can't agree more, really. And it's, it's positive for them that maybe some people are starting to get a little bit more more confidence as well. You think yeah, yeah, no go as well, who, who was important in that game at the weekend as well, and Andy Law scored that that penalty as well. Although I don't really agree to his sort of a swagger, Conor McGregor-esque celebration when you've just scored a penalty to make it three-two. Really, it's Monica. I don't really think it was time for that or anything like that. But they come against to side Sam, that are on the floor or on their knees, have had bullet holes through them all season, but there's still maybe one more bullet left in the chamber, really. They're not quite dead yet. I mean, Nola, Rue's on double figures now as well, which is fantastic news for him and, and the club, that they've got at least got someone scoring. But a loss here, and if other results start going the way, then it's, it's from a mountain is becoming impossible, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we've written Metz's death warrant more than once this season. I think even before the end of last year, we've pretty much written them off and and they staged that little comeback and it's really brought them within kind of within range but they're still such a long way i mean nine points from the relegation playoff place that's a lot when you're talking about a team that's just not going to win too many more games i mean yeah it's three games out of 11 that are left from that perspective you think well very much doable but mets are probably not going to win that many games it's very very difficult for them if they have any hope whatsoever they've really need to beat Toulouse.
0: Yeah, absolutely and you, you start looking at their games coming as well Annie. they got Paris Saint-Germain after this one which is maybe they can hope there's some hangover from that midweek game against uh, Real Madrid and just go for it really they did well at home at least against them for, for a long period until Benoit Asuk-Kotto was sent off and they do have a lot of games left its sides just above them Strasbourg and um, They've still got Con, they've still got Lille, they've still got Angers, Armien. So there's still a little bit of hope. And especially if they get a result here, uh, it's, it just feels like a shame that they couldn't hold on against Gangomp. If they could have maybe nicked that one, then you've got a little bit more optimism with those games still to come. I mean, the, the Trois defeat was was heartbreaking, really. But that kind of unexpected victory with those games still left to go, you would have felt that they might, just have been able to upset the apple cart a little bit but let's get some predictions now and I'll start with you Sam uh, what do you think in this one
2: uh geez I really don't know what to think about this game I, I have to feel like it's going to be open because both sides know they need to win so with that in mind I'm gonna say ooh, 2-1 to lose
0: Adam
1: um I'm I think Mets might win this I'm um, 1-0 Mets to lose a terrible way from home so 1-0 Mets
0: I'm going for 2 1 Mets as well. I just fancy them to nick this one. And if they start maybe believing again and they keep that momentum, that they're, they're not going to get it. against Paris Saint Germain, but not. And we'll, and we'll come on to them later, a, a team to be shot at at the moment. Strasbourg aren't in the greatest of form. They've got Leon after that, who hopefully, for them at least, might still be in a bit of a my come, a, come April or s- at least be sorrowful about it. And then you start thinking that the rest of their games are all games that they. Have a shot in, and that's exactly the kind of thing we want to hear when uh, when there's possibilities of a great escape, which we I know we all uh, love a little bit of. And, and coming on to to Leon really, and they face Montpellier away, which is not the kind of game really you will want to be going when you're in a in a terrible run of form, really. Adam, um, Lyon in the last sort of six games they haven't won in Liga and at least Coupe de France. I know Europa League is a little bit of difference, but they haven't won any of them. They've. Allowed teams to come from behind regularly. I mean, that's happened uh, three times in this run against Sant'Etienne last week, against Lille the weekend before, against Monaco as well. They'd lost to Rennes, they've lost to Bordeaux, who were both in sort of differing forms. And then this, and then lost this evening as well against Conn as well in the Cup, which was a chance for them maybe to get something out of this season. That's after that PSG game where we all praised them and thought that. They they showed exactly what they kind of be. They've absolutely fallen off a cliff. It was almost like that win sapped all their energy and all their their belief from them.
1: Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? What has happened to them? It's it's, uh, it's amazing that 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 defeat that sort of defeat of PSG. You're absolutely right. We, we we talked about on the pod. They were eight points behind. You know, there was a very very slim chance of them perhaps challenging for the title. Um, obviously that was us sort of hoping more than anything else, but it wasn't beyond the rounds of possibility. And since they've just completely capitulated, it's bizarre. Uh, it's really difficult to know where to, to lay the blame. Um, I think perhaps they've run into a few sides who perhaps have kind of have their number. Um, perhaps the, the, the form that players like Neville Fakir, Hossam Awar, who's only started two of the last six games, um, two of seven, sorry. Um, even Depay had a few, few sort of spells this season. That's they've kind of dropped off, and they haven't really been performing as as well. Maybe the Europa League is starting to catch up with them because they're taking that competition, you know, they're taking that seriously, and they're pretty well in that competition so far this year. You know, being Villarreal was a huge result. Um, so maybe that's sort of because that is that is a very very difficult thing for young league and sides to handle. Bordeaux and Svetien will, will testify to that over recent years. Um, but I, maybe Genesio has kind of run out of ideas a little bit as well. And I think I feel like that before they were this kind of youthful, exuberant, fluid team that could unlock teams, not at will, but they they, they definitely could, you know, outplay sides, most of the sides in the league. But recently they kind of felt a little bit sort of lacklustre and a bit sort of drudging and they haven't had the sparks that they had earlier in the year. And those creative players that I mentioned perhaps have found themselves a little bit off form, a little bit isolated, and haven't been able to to pick the lock to teams that possibly have figured out how to play against them because they need the space. They've got loads of attacking, quick attacking flair players as well as those creative players. You've got Traoran and, and uh, Mariana Diaz and and Corne, players like that. They need the space to run into. And if you sit off against them, which obviously Montpellier will probably do, even though they're at home, who are obviously very good against the, the top size, top four sides this year, then they find it very difficult to, in that sort of suffocating atmosphere and that suffocating kind of style of opponent. So they, they, I think they need to sort of refresh themselves a little bit in terms of their style and the way they go about winning games. Um, but they're kind of like, we, we've talked about it before, but they're kind of a little bit cut adrift and the Champions League is going to be very difficult for them now. they seven points off Monaco, five off Marseille. Uh, it's, it's, it's turning into a pretty poor year for them given how it started. So, I think Genesio needs to find a solution because his his tenure of the club's been up and down as it is and you know, he's under more questions now. So whether he, if they keep going like this, I'm not sure it'll survive till, till next season. It'll be interesting to see how the, the club sort of plays out over the next six months or so.
0: Yeah, you think that their sort of focus is probably going to shift to that Europa League campaign now, really. And you also look at the side still in that competition, though. They've got Seska Moscow next to... Aren't always the easy side, especially when you face them in Russia as well. They they are a decent team on their day, and then you think also that the teams left in there, Dortmund, especially Atletico Madrid, should, unless they obviously win at the weekend, and then all the, sort of a sudden the La Liga races back on maybe. But they they're a kind of team that are, are going to take no prisoners as well. RB Leipzig, uh, AC Milan are in terrific form. They've not lost in thirteen games. They they're a tough side at the moment. There's a, there's a lot of trepidation they would have to go through to try and win that competition now and they might have some trepidation really uh, somewhat on, on the weekend because Montpellier well it's been a little bit more lacklustre recently that I mean they had the loss to Paris Saint-Germain a few weeks ago they faced Angers and Metz in equal weeks and, and nicked wins there but it had to come from behind against Gangon it was really really bad game on Friday I do apologise to anyone who watched that on Friday because he was it was absolutely awful, really. But they that managed to lift them to fifth. Um, but they are a stingy side that are gonna suffocate a Leon team that are frankly a little bit cumbersome up front at the moment.
2: I mean, this is not the game that Leon need to get out of this run of form. I mean, the the game tonight against Kong, again, they've dominated all the ball, they've had all the chances, but they've been undone by a set piece. It's just the same story over and over again. The changes that Genesio makes are so confusing. Every time he just makes baffling substitutions, it's as if he's trying to affect the results that he does get, as if he doesn't want to win these games. The changes are baffling. And it's again and again and again. And Montpellier are just the perfect side to carry on Leon's form. Leon will have plenty of the ball. They'll have plenty of room to, to pass it around in front, but they'll have a great deal of trouble breaking them down and it's just gonna be more of the same Montpellier sure they're not in great form you know sixth in the form table Leon 18th in the form table in Ligue 1 which is just ridiculous and we've talked about the, the fact they've just fallen off a cliff but it's just baffling but it's the same problems over and over again and they beat Villarreal because not entirely but at least in part because Villarreal were willing to play and then it became a of a, a who had the most talent, you know, who had the most ability to actually play football. And Leon and our team full of talent, but they're a team that's badly put together and very badly organised. And when they come up against teams like Montpellier, who are better organised, they just sort of seem to smash against the rocks. And, and I'm sure that's what we'll see again.
0: And then you start to worry about other things as well. I mean, I, I think that their recent sort of poor form is symptomatic of of the attacking players a lot of them at least anyway the defence has had troubles really they they maybe got a little bit lucky in, in a sort of run where they, they solidified a bit a lot of the pressure was taken off of them and they've sort of returned again as the attacking players sort of diminished but too many of them are sort of sinking into their kind of their crutches the reason why some of them aren't in the bigger teams I mean fakir can be forgiven for having a sort of off sort of couple of weeks it's it's can't be expected to keep the level that he had um, earlier this season throughout the entire campaign, really. But uh, Mariano Diaz is consistently one of the most greedy forwards I've ever seen. I think he constantly wants the ball and won't give it anyone else sometimes. Uh, Me- Memphis Depay is pretty similar as well. He t- tries way too many ridiculous shots from outside the area. Whenever he's got a little bit of space, he's trying to shoot and it just wastes the ball. I think the only one... and. When Corne comes on, he just doesn't really add anything. He doesn't have a real spark. He, he sometimes looks to get in behind, but he, he doesn't time. His run's always the greatest. And then it Al- maybe having that little dip as, as young players do, but I think he's still better in the central area. But Ginesio does tend to seems to still start him in a, in wide areas fairly often. And then the only one really that comes out okay is is Bertrand Traore, who has scored a fair few goals um recently, at least anyway. But at the same time, start to worry about Genezio because we've mentioned before he's never really looked like the man to lead them forward and then you start worrying about some of the news that's come out of the club through different Media outlets that, that you, the young player Goebbels is is one of their more pros, interesting prospects. Again, he's not looking to sign a new contract and looking to leave in the summer as well. That's a, a terrible blow for him with a with, uh, with what is many are saying is a, another a very very exciting uh, talent from their academy, and they're coming up against what is really the boa constrictor of league isn't it, it Montpellier or a. <sighs> are a horrible, constricting side that are just going to um, squeeze the life out of them, really. And then hopefully, um, if they can try, uh, give a Gian- a Giovanni Cio that one chance and maybe he sticks it away and takes a one to win, which really uh, helps strengthen their position for fifth. But let's get some predictions on this one. And I know it's probably going to be a tough one, really, but I'll start with you, Adam. Um, what do you think the result will be?
1: I'm going to go nil-nil. I don't know if Montpellier will quite win, but I don't. I think that's will stop scoring.
0: Adam?
2: Yeah, Sam, sorry. Um, I'm. I'm sure. I, I've said. I said it earlier. I'm sure this will be a Montpellier one nil.
0: I'm agreeing with you, Sam. This feels, doesn't it? Just like a, a Montpellier one nil. It feels like Leon will try a little bit of everything. After 20 minutes, they'll lose some of their impetus, and it will just slowly fade into sort of the second half where they'll nick one goal through a little bit of of either wittedness at the back or a bit of a loss of possession in sort of transition and Montpellier sees on it and then uh, the game will sort of be over from there. But on to Sunday night's game and an interesting one for two sides really that have had pretty bad weeks really to, be, to put it lightly really and, and Marseille and Nantes um, starting with the home side, uh, Sam. Marseille, it's, it's not been the greatest of weeks. I mean, not many people want to face PSG twice in a week, but 6-0 on aggregate Two relatively middling performances as well. When you thought that maybe this was a chance for Marseille to, especially in the bigger games this season, they have looked better uh, in recent weeks as well, and they were on a terrific run of form before them. But they've hit a brick wall, haven't they? It's, it's just seeming like seemingly like their momentum has stopped. They obviously had that um, the they've qualified in the Europa League, but at the same time, uh, this hopefully for them is, is a chance to get back on the horse.
2: Yeah, I mean this. These two games against PSG, I think we, we hoped probably uh, for a little more from them. It was a little bit of flattering to deceive, perhaps. Um, the the game at the Velodrome earlier in the season, when they were so so good and really really surprised PSG and should have won, probably uh, you know to equal uh, Cavani equalizing so very late, make it two two. That was a game they should have won. It was arguably a moral victory, but there was nothing like a moral victory out of either of the games this week. PSG it's comfortably so much better. and Marseille, not just bad, but lacking the intensity, lacking the, the sort of the cohesion that we've seen from them in these big games. We've seen them pull together as a unit and really look good in the big games, as you mentioned. Some very dumb mistakes we saw from them in these two games. Really uncharacteristic of a team that, I, I think I've grown to admire this season. This group have, have played above themselves more often than not. And and that wasn't the case against PSG. I mean, sure, you probably don't expect them to beat PSG, but they must have been optimistic to at least get something out of this week. Um, we've got nothing to pretty meekly lose both games. That's going to be disappointing. But now not give them an opportunity to get runs back on the board, not to really drifting. You know, they're not really playing towards anything at this point they're very le- 15th in the form table they're not a team that are really sort of going places marseille are still chasing second and certainly looking to at least consolidate that top three consolidate champions league football for next season which is huge for, for the club for the sporting project all of that there's every reason for them to be really really up for this game it's a game they need to win and uh, it's a game they should they should be able to win
0: yeah, it's maybe gone a little bit under the radar, really, Adam, that since the turn of the year, since they come back from the winter break in in 10 games in all competitions, they've only won 2 no And that was one against uh, Maurici Pallet, uh, who's a, a, an amateur side and a 3-0 win quite surprisingly really it's Gangon, but they lost to Auxerre in that in that run they lost to Amiens last week as well um, at home as well of all things but they're still in sixth really which is maybe an indictment of the rest of Liga's mid-table at the moment really but they're on a real slide that is why a lot of people are, are having some encouragement for the Europa League places is, is this really this is a tough game for them to try and get back into the form that in the first half of the season got them got them a lot of praise.
1: It is, um, and it is, it is alarming. the The, the slide it is. It's surprising that you said they've only won two games this calendar year, and they they weren't particularly. You know, the, the cup game wasn't. You know, it was a, you know a game they expected to win quite comfortably, and they they kind of living off that success very early in the season. After losing their first two games, they won. They then won seven of the next nine. Um, or was it eight? Sorry, six, six, eight possibly. And and since then, they, if you look at their form overall, they've only won five games since the twenty-first of, of of October. So, I feel like sliding kind of masked by the fact that other teams be able to capitalise. And until last week, they were still fifth, despite that that record of only winning one league game this year. Um, it's really difficult to pinpoint because I I don't think um Ranieri deserves too much criticism because if you look at their squad, he's he's done a really good job and, and they you know, I know he brought in a lot of players in the summer and they missed out on a lot of targets Two of players that he wanted and ended up signing like Khalifa Koulibaly, perhaps he wasn't necessarily first choice as a striker and he's been injured for most of the time. A few little a few players like that, Renee Crin as well, was perhaps not first choice in that defense fibers and brought him and he's done a decent job at times, same as Andre Girotto. He got the best out of this team and look at if you look at the league in general, at the start of the season not weren't expected to challenge Europa League places, and definitely weren't expected to maintain this sort of form, or this sort of position in the table for such a long time, and Ranioli's done a great job, so I don't know necessarily that he's the, the, the issue, I, in fact I think you know, he's a very good manager, and perhaps as as L'Equipe reported um, on their now yearly um sort of team budgets and player salaries uh, um, piece, that Reneau is the third highest paid manager in the league, and and I think that's deserved. I think he's done a great job. It's just perhaps that the limitations of the squad are finally catching up with him. And um, you know, Emiliano Salah is pretty much their only source of goals. Um, the Valentin Ronj has not been in the best form, and thompson's played a bit better recently. But they're sort of they've got a bit of a lack of creativity in that field. It's a bit workmanlike. And if Carlson and Nicola Paar has been okay recently, if the, if those two defenders aren't really on their game, then they can end up being a little bit porous too. You know, you look at Leo Dubois, a very good attacking fullback, perhaps still not the best position in Lee. Lucas Lima is very much in that mold um, to the point where he was, he dropped out of the side, despite the fact he's very effective going forward because he was, you know, um, he's been played in midfield quite a lot this season because Renieri said he just, he's not that great a defender. And he has played at left back a lot recently. So there's a lot of holes in this team when you look at it sort of on paper, and it's Ranieri's, you know, you know, streetwise sort of knowledge and his experience that's got them over the line. And I think it's just the fact that that lack of quality, and lack of, sort of it's going to be difficult to see how they're going to arrest this slide. Um, maybe the other Ranieri kind of magic's wearing off a little bit.
0: Hmm, yeah, it's a funny one. I mean, I, I never think you can really rely exclusively on Emiliano Sala for goals. For one thing, it's not, <laughs> not the, uh, the most reliable thing really to do. Although he, he does have his own charm about him in a in a Bambi like fashion, you might say. Really, to be fair, more than anything. Um, but yeah, they, they've been really poor recently. They 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 lack creativity. They they just don't seem to have. That sort of they they seem to grind out a lot of results and and you look at the games against Lille and against Cornwall as well. They were ahead at times of those games. Their the games they probably feel they should be winning in the position they're in, and they just they just didn't really quite get over the line. And and like you mentioned, it's maybe this is well, it's a little it's a little bit of a shame. But at the same time, I, we all probably thought not will be nowhere near where they are at the start of the season, given how superbly Conce Sao did with this squad. We didn't think Ranieri would be able to necessarily extract the same uh, attacking intent that that they showed at times at at the end of last season, but they've done reasonably well. They do probably need investment in the summer to become a a more consistent team, and and hopefully that will come for them. But a big game for them on Sunday evening, a big game for Marseille. Let's get some predictions to finish this off then. Uh, Go ahead, Adam. I'll start with you.
1: Marseille 3-0, I think.
2: Sam? I think Nantes are just cruising to the end of the season, and Marseille really has something to play for. I think they're going to come out and maybe make a little statement. Um, I'd have said three nil, but Adams already said that, so I'll say I'll say four nil Marseille.
0: Yeah, it does feel like one of those games where Marseille might just cruise to win. I'm actually going to go for one nil. This feels a little bit more like that that Bordeaux game where maybe they. At the moment, Marseille, especially sometimes, they, they seem to get ahead and then take their foot off the gas, and that feels like that. But the difference in this to other games, at least, where they like drew against Santetti and it not aren't going to be the team that's going to punish that kind of thing at the moment, really. I think Marseille will uh, walk out a relatively comfortable uh, 1-0 win. Um, that's all for this week. Uh, my thanks to Adam, Sam, and all of you listening at home. Uh, join us for the main show on Monday. But for now, enjoy your weekend of football.